What's what's up with you, Sam? What's up with you? I haven't talked to you in a little bit. What's new? What's up? What's up with you? Uh, hey man, new? what's up? Fuck. <laughs> I feel assaulted. Dude, I'm just asking you. Like I'm just asking you a freaking question. What's up, man? I seriously don't have much new. I mean, like I started my job, but like that's not like interesting. I'm you just started making a salads job? again. Well, no, no, you're, no. You're help you're you're helping run like get this I'm, I'm uh, a frontline worker, so Yeah, yeah. First know. of all, okay. First of all, you are uh, helping get this uh, the stagnant economy off the ground. You're you're helping us run the numbers, and by numbers, I mean money numbers. And yeah. two, big round of applause to Sam because yeah, he's a frontline worker. He's a goddamn hero. Yeah. He's a goddamn hero of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah you heard it. You heard it. No, honestly, <sighs> life. Holy Mary, Mother of God. <laughs> Sorry, that last one was a laugh. I'm not laughing at frontline workers. I, I'm exalting no. them. I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. they're they're freaking angels of this COVID. Um... Co COVID. <laughs> you know, we're all worried <laughs> about the frontline workers. What about the second line workers? What about the third <laughs> line workers? You know what I mean? Okay, so I hear I hear that we're all worried about uh, the frontline workers, but but what about the line cook workers? Okay, yeah. We're, where are my all burger lives matter crowd at? Am I right? Yeah, come on. Come on. What about my helpline workers? You know? <laughs> What's going on? Oh, yeah. Totally. And I, dude, I totally agree. Right? Ooh, Nobody's I'm... talking about these other lines. Now, here's a question you know? for you. So your job is you're doing food prep. You're in this I do, big I do food I do food prep. Beautiful prep. Toronto Tower just cutting veggies. Slicing deli. Veggies. Cutting veggies, roasting <laughs> them up. Yeah. Um, so because you are not technically you are the second line worker you're not a frontline worker you're not dealing with oh I like you're in the back you know the people I am at, the back there are people in your workplace who would be frontline workers but I'm but you're not it you're you're a poser a faker you're you're, you're right. a fraud <laughs> you're, <laughs> a goddamn ninny um, <laughs> ninny. <laughs> ninny yeah oh that's so good yeah um how do you feel about that how do you feel about being a big fat liar uh i feel pretty awful i'm so sorry <laughs> um yeah no honestly life's pretty pretty uh not interesting recently i recently uh put forward a music video oh nice that's about it man that's about it man just making art um just making art getting paid to make art now I don't want to start any drama here on this podcast. God forbid, you know. Okay. The extra views, the the press. Drama the with who? Drama with who? I'll tell you in a second. I'm just saying I uh, don't want to start any. I don't want to start any drama. Okay. But don't you feel like you're working harder than those healthcare heroes? I'm doing these <laughs> <laughs> as a as a second line worker. Don't you think well, you're working yeah. just a hair harder than those? Healthcare heroes. I'm doing finger quotes uh, when finger I finger quotes, air quotes. We call air them air quotes. quotes. Sorry, yeah. Air Sorry, I'm just fingering fingers. up some quotes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it all the time. When I'm chopping yeah. chicken, I think. <laughs> Goddamn ninnies down there at Mount Sinai Hospital, <laughs> fucking complainers, complainers. I know, I know. Like, I'm not safe. We don't have PPE. Do you want to hear what I've been up to, Sam? Oh fuck, sure. I got two important life updates. You know, in the in the era of COVID, nothing much is happening. But uh, yeah. I, I decided that I wanted to get fit. I wanted to get swole. We've talked about fuck it here off. on the podcast. We I wanted to get freaking jacked up, make my arms little logs. Okay. Yes. 
And so I went to the gym. I went to a gym and I'll tell you, I was so excited. I was like, fuck, I'm going to get back into it. I'm going to be working out. It's going to be great. I have this gym membership that got paused because of COVID and now it's back in action. Anyway. Yeah. So I, I go to the gym. I walk in. I am, my excitement level is through the roof. Okay. I go in and I start working out and nobody's wearing masks. Nobody. Oh. But, you know, I, but that's maybe, like, they're so strict. I've heard they're so strict though. Not in gyms. Gyms. It's a free for all. It's a breath free for all. Maybe so in I'm, Kitchener, not in Toronto, but anyways, continue. Okay. Well, not in Toronto where the streets are incredibly dangerous and people get shot <laughs> yeah. all the time. You know, just by, if you step out Put your, your door, fucking mask on, if you step out the door and take a big whiff of the fresh air, you're just getting COVID through your nose. Yeah. Yeah. In Kitchener, it's a bit different. In Kitchener, our gyms don't require masks. So I walk in, and to my surprise, everybody's just ah, 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 just breathing everywhere. Mm-mm, it's mm-mm. gross. So I, a little, a little um, sensitive soul, start to freak out. Um, and I have, I, 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 I. Rightfully so, to be fair. Thank Whether you. Whether you're sensitive or not, that's a reasonable thing to be freaked out about. I would too. It I was get, quite I a get shock. I so angry seeing people on the subway when they don't have a, a mask on. I think Anyways. more than anything, it was a shock because I haven't gone anywhere without like seeing people in masks and then seeing everybody just breathe around me really freaked me out. And I don't yeah. want to get fucking COVID. So yeah. I, I start, I start hyperventilating. I go down to the locker room. I lock myself into the disabled toilets. I have a panic attack and take a giant poop at the same time. And that lasts <laughs> for about 10 minutes. You went to fight, flight, or freeze, and your body said, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're flying. We're, the poo's flying. I'm, like, hyperventilating. I'm, like, sweating. I'm, like, I'm like oh, oh, no. And then I'm pooping. And so that finishes <laughs> up. And I haven't gone back. I was, like, I'm not going back to the gym. But oh, I still yeah. fit. So then, Sam, then I dropped a lot of money on personal gym equipment. And today it came. I have oh my God. these like interchangeable dumbbell systems. I bought like a mat to work out on. I bought a kettlebell. It's exciting. Shit, son. Yeah. Wow. So, so now I have a home, a, a very, 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 very small home gym in my apartment. You have a kettlebell? I have a kettlebell. All right. You're set. I'm set. I can work I hear out. They're great. I don't. I've never used one, but I hear they're great. I haven't used it yet either. But hopefully tomorrow will be my first day of working out in my home. Yeah. Now my second update um, contradicts that a little bit. But my second update is that while I now have a surplus of gym equipment, um, my kitchen is empty. So I've been eating a loaf of bread today for all my meals, and it's been great. Um, <laughs> you know, there is this. You can order food. You can, but I just actually just spent quite a large sum of money on gym equipment. <laughs> Be honest. Tell the podcast. This is a safe space. How much yeah. money did you spend on gym equipment? Okay. So I bought these dumbbells from Costco, and they cost okay. me $750. <gasps> Dan, that is unnecessary, but they're probably cool and like high tech or something. Okay. They're probably- change out the heads and all this yeah, shit yeah i looked yeah, at a lot i've seen those yeah. before yeah. i looked at a lot of gym equipment um after i came back from the gym and was like i can't go back i can't go back right and uh, these interchangeable dumbbells uh, we're into gym talk here you know it's a couple fit buff dudes but like oh, yeah, um 
there's like bow flex there's like power blocks yeah and then i read that these costco ones and i have a costco membership are, are also really good and um so i bought these from costco gym equipment's very expensive so i dropped 750 dollars yeah. on that wow and then i bought an 80 dollars nike mat from sport check to like work out on because i just have hardwood floors in the apartment that one's a necessary purchase that's fair yeah and then I, my kettlebell cost me like 25 bucks so oh, okay. the dumbbells were the main purchase. <laughs> 750. You better be committed, man. Your eyes lit up. Yeah. God damn it. I better be committed. I'm freaking well, out. Yeah. That's a crazy number. I, what do they do though? Like, are they that good? Probably not. Can't, Weights are just expensive. I, I also, the yeah, thing is like, fair. so I bought this good life gym membership a long time ago when I started work, there was like a corporate deal. And so I was like, I'll buy a gym membership. I'll get jacked. You know, what yeah. we all tell ourselves every couple months and then never do it yeah okay well i never did it i went once and then COVID hit and i was like well great now i don't have to go again it's paused yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um that cost me like four hundred dollars or something for a year like it was a gym mm -hmm. membership you go anywhere like spa service whatever it's nice and so i was thinking after i clicked buy now on the mm -hmm. costco website and and the number came in and it was at whatever 750 dollars and I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, you know, you freaked out about not going to the gym and you just spent like double your annual gym membership that you were freaked out about not using on dumbbells that you probably won't use. Yeah. And then I ate bread and it just made me happy and all those uh, sad thoughts went away. <laughs> <laughs> is it, actually, did you make the bread or is it no. just like bread? Nope. It's just uh, bread. It's just bread. It's bread. It's bread from a local bakery. I actually have it here in front of me. Sam, would you like me to introduce you to my bread? <laughs> yes, let's see this bread. Let's see this bread. Wait, hey, hey, everybody. Would you like to, everybody at home, would you like to? And on this segment, we get this bread. Wow. Holy Mary, mother of God. Hot dog. <laughs> I'm showing oh, Sam my Oh, it's like bread. a country loaf. It looks like a country loaf. I mean, originally it was like a full bread. Yeah. And I've eaten a lot of bread today. But I have, oh, I have this bread here and I was just thinking like, Hey, I just might munch on the podcast. I, I have a, I have a literal, uh, liter tub of butter, uh, also in front of me that I might just start spreading. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. What's up? What's, what can, what's up? What, what's so funny? Man? No, I, I just imagined you take it. By the way, it's a big hunk of bread. Big hunk of bread. You know, you get. I'm just trying to describe it for the people. I'm describing it for the people at home. It's like it's like one of those loaves you buy. That's like one of those big, like circular country loaves. Yeah. And it's like yeah. obviously doubled in size. She's big. Yeah. And like the part that Dan's, I have right Dan's now, half of it. Dan, it like it's yeah. at it's at the diameter. Like we're on the diameter line. <laughs> I can yeah. measure how big that circle was. <laughs> I've eaten like half of it. Uh, or the part that I have right now is about as big as my head, and yeah. I've eaten half of it already. Yeah, so you've eaten a head's worth of bread today. I have, indeed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I have. Also, in my head, I'm just imagining you ripping chunks off the bread and dipping it into the tub of butter and then munching on it like a fucking disgusting pig. <laughs> you asked, well, I've done that before. I've done <laughs> that before. It's easy. Today? Did you do that today? No, not today. today oh, okay. I have it done much better today. I just have a thing of bread that I, like, I don't cut it. I hold this giant thing of bread and I put some butter on a corner and then eat that corner. <laughs> that, that makes way for a little bit more bread that I can put some butter on and chew that. And then that gives room for a little bit more bread that I can put some butter on. It just on. keeps going. It's a positive feedback loop. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, 
on top of that, uh, I, I know you're drinking some wine, but I have, I also have to complement my bread. I have a Bud Light in my left hand and vodka and soda water in my right. So uh, I'm ready to party tonight. <laughs> you, you. <laughs> vodka and Bud Light. Dan, and, and bread. Don't, don't you're not in high bread. school anymore. <laughs> wow, I'm happy for you, man. You're really taking care of yourself. Your body is a temple. So <laughs> that's. Yeah, you know, like I, I just think personal health and fitness is like really important. And I, I would yeah. recommend like getting out there and like, like building muscle to like everybody at home right now. Well, for sure. I mean, you gotta, it's rise and grind. It's, it's you gotta get up. You gotta, you gotta live your best life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forget, yeah, I get for, it. yeah. Forget rise and shine, rise and grind, man. Like rise and grind. There's no re- reason to shine. It's you just like grind. Mark Wahlberg and, and, and uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. If you ain't f- up at 5 a.m., you, you're a pussy, you know? Exactly. It's all pain and gain, baby. It's all pain and gain. <laughs> all pain and gain. <laughs> all right, Dan. Should we talk about the Ides of March? <laughs> yeah, let's get into the podcast. Hold on. Let's, let's play that bumper. Let's get in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's been long enough. Welcome back to Jamadi Jamadi Jamadi, your one-stop, fully academic source for all things Paul Giamatti. Isn't there encyclopedic in there? I said encyclopedic. It's hard to hear during this whole thing. Uh, okay, no worries. No or worries. maybe I didn't say encyclopedic. Who knows? I'm the host, Sam. And I'm your host, Dan. Beautiful. We got my, it. We're there. We fucking got it. What? I think my yeah. levels might have been a little high, but you know what? That's okay. I was just passionate about the bread. I'm actually worried that I think my bread might have been just like booming. My bread talk might have been booming. Oh, really? Yeah. It's okay. Whatever. It, no, no, no. It's okay. It, people should know that I'm freaking passionate about my big hunk of bread. And if that means, you know, blowing out their eardrums because of it, it's worth it. So be it. So be yeah. it. God bless. God bless the breads. Um, so yeah, Dan, there's no Paul watch. Sorry, guys. Um, Paul's really not been up to much. None of us have been so. up to much. It's a goddamn pandemic. No. Get used yeah, to it. Yeah, my biggest news is I, I, well, I guess I did put out a music video and I bought a bed. You bought Christ a bed. Sakes. I'm eating bread. This is yeah. what life is. <laughs> At the... PPE on my head. <laughs> At the beginning of the pandemic, we were making our own bread. Now I just go to a store, yeah. buy bread and eat all of it. I'm trash. <laughs> is your like is Sarah not home? Like is your girlfriend like not home right now? Wow, and, like am I can't too loud? order food for you? <laughs> oh no, no. Okay. No, no. First of all, I don't need a girl to order food for me. Or uh, help I'm you out man. for taking care of yourself. Okay. I don't know. I don't need all a I'm girl saying, to help me is... order food for me. <laughs> all I'm saying is you live with your girlfriend, so it's different, but I yeah. would never I would feel awful letting my girlfriend see that side of myself. You guys live together, it's different. But you know what I'm saying? Do you know well, what I'm saying? Sarah's seen a lot of sides of me. Recently, um, I've been burping a lot. Did I talk about this right. last time? We talked about this I, on a lot, literally the last podcast. I just can't stop Did burping. Did you get a burp update? Yeah, well, I'm still burping. I'm burping all oh, the time. It's not better. Nice. It's not worse. Not better. Um, and, you know, she said that it's okay. She kind of tunes them out. She, she doesn't even hear them sometimes anymore. Um, wow. So she puts puts up with a lot and me eating a whole bread actually you know what sam here's something that that you know you find new ways to fall in love with with each other every day we got bread not this loaf the last loaf it was a sourdough right let me introduce you to that bread (laughs) 
Fuck. Anyway. Nice and round. You, you sourdough. <laughs> okay. Marbled rye sourdough. And I took it. I had a slice. I cut a nice slice for myself. I ate that. Then later, I wanted some more bread. We were watching TV. I bring over the bread, and I bring over my one liter tub of butter. I take right. my knife and slather it on top, and then just take a chunk out of the corner. Munch, 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 I go. Munch, munch, munch. Yeah. And then she I feel looks like this at is a me. children's book. <laughs> and she looks at me. And at first, she looks disgusted. She says, are you Ew. eating bread like that? And I said, yeah, <laughs> this is something wrong. This is, I am eating bread. <laughs> okay. yes yes and then she push pull uh like out uh she stretches out outstretches she stretches out her a- she, arm yeah, outstretched her arm yeah she outstretched her arm opened up her fingies as if to say can i have some bread i said okay here's some bread yeah and she outstretches her other arm and goes can i have some butter and you know i hand her my one liter tub of butter it's actually not even butter i, I can't believe it's not butter it's base cell vegan margarine Okay. It's just actually pretty good, but nonetheless. Pretty delicious. It probably tastes the same as any other oil-based margarine. And yeah. then she takes that knife, she puts a little in a corner, and she takes a bite. And I and I won that battle that day. I won that men- mental victory. You know, she can't I'm not saying it's not slob. good. I'm just saying that it's you're a slob. No, no, no. I can't be a slob if she's uh, oh, enabling she, if me to be a slob. Right. Right. She normalized it. She could have called me a slob, which she kind of did at the beginning, but then she she sunk to my level. She normalized it. So I uh, guess that is love. I that, guess is that is love. love. What's love? The things you do for love, you know? Yeah. Things That's wonderful, do. Dan. I'm happy for you, and I'm happy for your bread love. Yeah, I'm in love with bread. Your, your best breads. <laughs> my best. Hey, guys, look into Dan's top breads. I'm going to list out my top <laughs> five breads in no particular order. This is WatchMojo.com. Like and subscribe. Number one. Sam, sourdough. Sam, please. <laughs> Number two. Sam, <laughs> Sam, can you please just get on bread boxed? I just all <laughs> I want you is just, just get on bread boxed because like I'm ranking all the breads. I'm watching I'm I'm looking at every single bread in the bakery and this is so rude. I want Sam to get on letterboxed. If you don't know, letterbox is a movie logging social network. It is fantastic. Everybody I know loves it except for Sam who's being an absolute dyke. I oh, such a waste. Oh, of oh time. no no no. I tried to mispronounce dick. Oh no, that was a bad word. You said dyke? No, 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 no. I just meant to like enunciate <laughs> weird. Dan, if you seriously want me to cut that out, I will cut it out, but that okay. was super funny. No, you don't have to cut it out, but I just want I want to be on the record and, and I tried to do dick it up. Guys, Dan voice. hates lesbians. No, he no, hates no, no, lesbians no, no, no. that's the Freudian slip we're going with today. No, 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 no. Anyway, <laughs> what are we at? Number one, sourdough. Number two, whole wheat. Number three, <laughs> yeah. white. Number four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any more breads. I think that's it. Raisin. Yeah, that's really cinnamon raisin. Oh my god, number one. There's I'm putting that number one. Challah bread. Cinnamon raisin. I had a cinnamon raisin bagel today. Oh my god, to yeah. die for. Yeah, with butter. Oh Oof. Jesus Christ, it's so okay, good. There we go. We're really it's bread. <laughs> bread today. <laughs> We're bread Talking bread. Breadhead. <laughs> uh, anyways, but yeah, making bread is really great. Um, it's, it's good for the soul. You know who doesn't eat bread? Who? Paul Giamatti is low carb. Really? Yes, he's low That's carb. That's not true. You're right. It's not true. I made that <laughs> up. But um, you know, it is true. Paul was in Ides of March, directed by George Clooney. Dan, what what kind? Of, you want to read out that description for us? Yeah, I would love to read out the description. But um, before I do that, I'd like to ask you to respect the goddamn format and uh, 
we need to play the bumper to get into I thought you the played movies. the bumper. I thought you I, played the bumper. I played the theme song, you lethargic oh, piece of shit. <laughs> pardon me for forgetting that we have a non-streamlined <laughs> podcast. Shut your mouth and let me play this beautiful bumper. <laughs> okay. Let me take it to the movie, shorty. I'm sure later on you will be my baby. Let's sit down and just be by my side. I got the popcorn, I know what I do like. Uh, you want the description? <laughs> yeah, you want to read out that description? Okay, here we go, here we go. Let's set the stage. It's the Democratic... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll okay. start in yeah. halfway through. I'll start in, because she's, she's a long description Yeah, today. And, and I can tell by the font being different from Google, the, the Google Doc that uh, you copy and pasted this from. Was it IMDb or Wikipedia, baby? IMDb. Nice, okay. <laughs> so uh, the Democratic Party presidential primary process. Jesus, there's our P's. There's, There's our piece that we were looking for. Oh my God, they're all peace. Party presidential primary, primary process. process. Wow. The Democratic Party par. Oh, sorry, sorry. The Democratic <laughs> Party presidential primary process <laughs> oh is currently God. in Ohio, where two candidates are realistically still in the running as the ultimate party nominee for president: Pennsylvanian Governor Mike Morris and Arkansas Senator Ted Pullman. Whoever wins the Ohio primary will likely be the Democratic candidate candidate. Stephen Myers is the idealistic press secretary for the more passionately, what? Secretary, oh, for the Morris campaign. Sorry, I gotta you, swallow. You There's a, the line. I know, hold on, line. sorry. I gotta swallow. There's a little bit of a little bit of uh, gunk, in my, gunk in my nose. Hold on. I didn't realize how truly long this would be. Let's chunk No, it. no, 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 no. No, Sam? Oh, the fuck. People, the, people, the people have to know. Stephen Myers is the idealistic press secretary for Stephen the Morris Myers campaign. is played by Ryan Gosling, by the he way. He is indeed. Just let people know. And uh, Pennsylvania governor Mike Morris is played by George Clooney. Although Stephen is a political veteran, he has never felt more passionately about a candidate than Morris. Stephen takes a calculated risk, one that does not pay off, as his actions are leaked to reporter Ida Horowitz, who had been friendly to the campaign up to this point. Ida gives Stephen the opportunity to confirm or deny the accusations before she goes to print the story which would ruin his standing within the campaign. Uh, Stephen also begins a casual sexual encounter with 21-year-old 20, intern, 20, 20 year old Thank intern you. Molly Stearns, who is well connect, who has connected herself within the party as the daughter of Jack Stearns, the chair of Democratic of the Democratic National Committee. Hey, can Through I Molly? interrupt you? Can I interrupt you for a second? For sure. So in the movie, uh, when that happens, Jack meets up with Molly in in a bar. Now she's twenty years old, meaning that she's young, um, and also yeah. can't drink. Oh, yeah! What a plot hole! Plot hole! George Clooney, come she's on the 20 podcast. Or she was lying. Maybe she has a fake ID, but George Clooney, yeah. we didn't see that in the movie. We need you to come on the uh, come on the cast and explain yeah. your damn self. <laughs> um, Sorry, that is ahead. true. I never thought of that. That's, I, that's a I good did. point. You should add that to the goofs on IMDb. Um, I, I just might. <laughs> You should actually. It's a pretty good goof. There's uh, going through all these Paul movies. Uh, there's been so many dumber goofs than that. So I think it could fit right in. Yeah, truly. So yeah, so Molly Stearns, who's 20 and unable to drink in this in the country of uh, United States of America, it's not legal. Uh, through Molly, Stephen inadvertently comes into knowledge of some scandalous information about Morris, which is. Morris, probably by George Clooney, impregnated her. <laughs> impregnated an intern. Um, what? That's true. All the all the words that I said are true. 
Uh, Stephen has to describe it's not, how it's all- not it's not if the words were true or not. It's I think the words themselves. Well, Dan, George uh, he impregnated her. <laughs> he took his semon and he impregnated her in her temple. Well, okay, okay. I wasn't okay. I, that's one way to say it, but I think that's kind of indelicate because the movie, like, it's it, he impregnated her. I no, mean, no, no. sure, I'm it's not... indelicate, but it's honest. Do you, do I you think... not value honesty in this society? I value honesty. I value loyalty as uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character does. Concise communication. Do you Hold not on. like no, concise no, no. communication? I'm just saying it's a little harsh. What you're about to read is the aftermath of it, and it and it leads to a really sad demise for her. I would rather you say yeah. George Clooney spurted his seed inside her uteri. Ah, uh, correct. Okay, I'll 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 readjust. Hang on, I got you. He spurted um, his seed, and it and it clung to the ovum wall, and a baby was born. A baby began yes okay no I'll, I'll redo it i'm so sorry it's, it's clinical please and he took his he took his magic man juice and he slurped it out down he fucking took it and he fucking shot it down in there and i think that's, so, I think that's the one that's great so Stephen has on. to decide yeah. how all these revelations affect his own idealistic attitudes of working under morris and paul giamatti now technically and if morris exactly. winning the white house is still the most important goal especially at the risk of his oh wait hang on and if morris winning the white house is still the most important goal especially at the risk of his own professional future within the party and possibly within government wow what a movie yeah. what a movie what a movie um it was good yeah i liked it i liked it i i, I thought it was a a decent flick <laughs> i thought it was I a good it. watch yeah yeah i i, I thought it, i thought it was very i thought it was very decent I enjoyed okay. I actually, I thought it was nice. I thought it was easy to follow. It was a good time. I agree. It was very watchable and it was engaging. So the first part of the movie, yeah. and, and you heard it all here, is that um, the first part of the movie was a little bit boring to me. They're building, sorry, I just burped. They're, it's probably all the bread, the gluten in my stomach. Right, anyway, yeah. first part of the movie was a little bit boring. But once they start to... Um, once Ryan Gosling begins this sexual relationship with this girl, and then you get the phone call moment where like he answers the phone and it's Morris. And then she reveals that she's pregnant and she does it pretty subtly too. I I really liked it. And I remember being like, Oh shit, this is where it's going. This is, this is interesting. And I was engaged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Same. I I, honestly though, it was boring at the beginning, but I will literally, I will watch Ryan Gosling do anything. So like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He could walk down a hallway and I'm riveted, you know? Oh, totally. Like the thing Truly. about this movie is that the actors are incredible in it. So we're talking like George. Well, Clo- it's stacked. It's, it's completely stacked. stacked. George, Clooney, yeah, I mean, George Clooney Ryan directed, Gosling. wrote and produced this movie. So like, obviously it's going to have a stacked cast. It's like, everybody's yep. in this fucking movie. Yep. And they're all great. So like, even if it's like a little, I don't know, even if it was a little boring to me and nothing much was happening yet, like you're there. I, when Paul first appears and he's kind of like across the hall from Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like already engaged because I'm anticipating what this is going to be like. You know, like, yeah, I can't wait to see Paul and Ryan and Philip Seymour Hoffman and George Clooney act like this is going to be yeah. great. I'm in. Yeah. I thought the exact same thing. You know what? I even went a step for I didn't go a step further, but I had another thought, okay. which was. Another um, thought? I, I know. I Damn. know. Two? They happen. <laughs> Seriously, I know. Two? In one day. In one day. Wow. I know. I know. I can breathe and chew gum at the same time. It's pretty impressive. But can you rub your tummy and tap your head? <laughs> 
Dan, let's not let's not try and do the impossible. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> um, as soon as Philip Seymour Hoffman came up on the screen, I felt sad because I always do whenever I see Philip Seymour Hoffman again. Yeah. Um, gone too 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 soon. I know. Um, I think you know how like Philip Seymour Hoffman is so uh, what is it cherished in society these days for like his acting ability. People love the guy. People love a good, a good little PSH, you know? Jesus Christ. Dan's munching on the bread, and it's so distracting. Anyways, um, I think, and this might be a big swing, but I think that Paul Giamatti and Philip Seymour Hoffman are acting equals. Hmm. What do you or, think about or that? Or I would say. <laughs> I think they're on par. I think they're at the same level Uh acting wise they're also look similar <laughs> and they get similar roles or they used to get similar roles at least right what do you uh, think about that Stop uh, sorry i have a huge chunk of burn in my mouth yeah but... listen to that listen to the volume in this man's mouth right now mm. it's just so good it, it must be really good bread if that's how you're dipping it down in the butter there's like there's few things better than buttered bread you know you're preaching to the goddamn choir, my friend. Like, yeah, I know, I know. The thing about this bread is that, and I will answer your question in just a second. <laughs> okay, I was gonna, I was gonna, that was my next. I was gonna be like, wait a minute. <laughs> just bread cast? If we can return to some bread talk. This is just simple, plain white bread, too. Last week we had sourdough, and that, oh my God, was so good. But there's a simplicity to this white bread that just makes me munch and munch and munch. I'm happy for you, man. Do I think Anyways. Paul Giamatti and Philip Seymour Hoffman are on the same level? Absolutely. I think the, though I haven't properly explored Philip Seymour Hoffman's filmography. Yeah. I mean, not to, I feel like we haven't not, done that to the same degree as any other actor. To very true. Um, I feel like Paul has a bit, I feel like Paul has more clunkers. And I feel yeah. like while I think they're on the same level with, I don't even know if they have the same high. But that's the difference between their like, career. That's the difference between the their career and their ability. I believe mm, their ability oh, the is ability. at the same exact level. Yeah. I 100% agree. Like, I, I don't I, think, I think one Paul, is better than the other, truly. I think they're equals. I, I 100% agree with that. I think Paul takes sometimes takes roles that he'll have more fun in. I was listening yeah. to an interview he did for Ides of March, and the interviewer brought up um, um, Ironclad. And he's like, you recently did oh. this movie or whatever. You were filming this movie. And Paul was like, yeah, like I just took it. I saw it. Like, how often do you get the chance to play an English king? So I took it. I was like, I have to do this. And I was yeah, like, no, and that's like, we've gotten that read before from for sure. before. But there's like, so a, just it makes sense. He, I feel like he always likes to explore and he likes to have fun with his parts. And he likes to, I mean, he, he loves to like, he's a meaty performer. Like, he loves to just eat scenery and get big and, and crazy. Um, and I, I think, yeah, acting wise, they're on the same level. I would love to see Paul take a, um, I would love to see Paul do kind of um, more of a serious role, but something that's a little bit weirder or more introspective, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like Philip Seymour Hoffman has a number of those roles. I just watched Synecdoche, New York, which is like a very interesting film. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like when Paul does serious movies, it's often like historical movies or like political movies like this, yeah. where it's like he's being dramatic, but he doesn't get to like explore anything 
he doesn't get to dig deep emotionally and really explore something interesting. Um, yeah. And I would love to see him do like a very serious, almost like um, what was the movie that he did where he was the comic book, the Harvey Pecker? Yeah, yeah. Um, fuck. American Superman? No. The uh, American Life? No. It's American, it's American something. Uh, yeah, something like that. Anyway, something like that again. Where it's the like, one about the guy that wrote the, the comic about himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Fuck, what is it called? I, let's just look it up. Okay, look I'll look it up. I, I, I'll look it up. But... Okay, you got it. Anyways, but yeah, I agree. He has, he has though, has he not? There was that movie, The American Whatever, whatever it's called, The American Writer, The American Life or something. Anyways. American Splendor. American Splendor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? Sideways was kind of like that, but it was more of a dramedy. It's a dramedy. I want to see him do something like weird and serious. Like The Master. Like The Master. Because Philip exactly. Seymour Hoffman was in The Master. Yeah, exactly. And that I was, was like, that's probably my favorite role of his, truthfully. I was thinking exactly. Stuff like with PTA. Like, I'd love to see Paul work with like a really great auteur director and yeah. kind of mine something new from himself. Um, yeah. I think a lot of his time right now is spent doing billions and he's getting that sweet, sweet paycheck, baby. But yeah. um, I'd love to see him do something, uh, something a little bit different. Yeah, no. Now, I, I, um, if you don't mind me, I'm going to take another big bite of bread. You go right ahead, baby. I agree. Um, something interesting that I found while doing the research. Um, uh, Ides of March is a reference to a Shakespeare line from Julius Caesar. If you guys don't know, Julius Caesar was killed on the 15th of March. And the Ides of March refers to, uh, it's like a measurement, an ancient measurement. It meant uh, the Ides of a month meant when there was the first full moon. Hmm. So Julius Caesar was killed on the first full moon of March, March fifteenth. So, yeah, in the Julia in the in the play says, "Beware the Ides of March to Julius Caesar," and then he gets killed. Wow. So yeah, that's what this is in reference to, which is obviously makes a lot of sense since uh, Ryan Gosling's character sort of stabs George Clooney characters right in the back. Yeah, he stabs him right in the back. That freaking bad guy. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool to know. Also, Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to be Ryan Gosling in this movie. Shut up, really? Interesting? Yeah, Leo? but then he just he just he just decided to produce instead. But actually, they Wait, wanted Leo, Chris Pine Leo, before they wanted Ryan Gosling. In this Leo movie. produced this movie. Leonardo DiCaprio was an executive producer. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even notice. Crazy. Which really, I think, is just like, oh, I couldn't be a part of it. So how about I just give you some money to get yeah. my name in it? Still, yeah. really, that's all it is. Um, but yeah, all right. Who's Paul, Dan? Okay, well, uh, Paul plays a character called Tom Duffy. Uh, he's a campaign manager uh, to the opposing Democratic nominee for president. Um, Who we never really see. We only see him in, like, the opening scene, this, like, other presidential nominee. Yeah. Which we, I thought it, was strange. But it also, the story doesn't focus on it. I guess. It's really mostly about the, like, the behind-the-scenes machinations of, of these two, uh, of these two, I guess, Ryan Gosling is a campaign manager, but behind the scenes of the Morris campaign and how there's the backstabbing with the other ca- campaign. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to hear Paul talk a little bit about his character? Oh, definitely. I, I forget what's in this clip, but here he is. <laughs> you know, I got these, these long scenes. They're like six pages long and there's really good dialogue and it doesn't happen like that, you know? And then the character, I really liked him because because he's such a bastard, it was fun to do that. And I also thought, wow, because I, I remember my 
my agent was like, well, maybe, wouldn't you rather play the character that Philip's playing? And I thought, no, because he loses in the end. I actually win in the end of this. So I was like, I'd like to play the guy that wins in the end. So there's that, too. Hell yeah. That's great. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Also, let's take a moment here while, we're, while we just heard Paul talk about his performance. Okay. So Paul in this movie is like the mean businessman, you know? Yeah. Which is like, that's one of his shticks. Really? Not, like not businessman, but he's like, yeah, he's the mean uh Often, like somebody like white collar worker. Let's yeah, say that. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Right. And it seems like he shoots it straight. You know? Very straight. He's like yeah. Very, very straight. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, how did Paul go from creepy weirdo typecasting <laughs> yeah. to mean businessman typecasting? Because like we see him in uh, if you guys remember the Howard Stern movie, what was it? What was it called again? Something story or something like that. Uh, man, you're re- you're really stretching us back. I know. I'm sorry, but anyway, private, so in parts. The Howard's- private parts. Private parts. Yes. Yeah. So in that in private parts, he plays. That was like his one of his big breakout roles. Obviously, we know the breakout role. The breakout role, and he's like, but that's both. That's both of his typecasting sort of mixed together. Weirdo, creepy guy. And like mean businessman mixed together, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's like both. But then mean businessman dropped off until like the late 2000s again. Do you know what I mean? So, like, do you think that's a trend in Paul being typecast or do you think that's a trend in media overall? That's what I was wondering. I think it's a trend in parts. I think Paul is being typecast in these roles, but I think like once you get into. Sorry, I'm chewing my bread. <laughs> it's very chewy white bread. Um, I think at a certain point, um, the movies that Paul wants to be a part of, which, I mean, I get, he, okay, truly, Paul wants to be a part of every type of movie under the sun. He's in yeah. a he bonkers amount. He, he's, he's in so many different types of movies. But when you're talking about the similarities between, like, um, Eyes of March, Too Big to Fail, which we just watched last, uh, yeah. a number of the movies before that, where again, yeah, he's wearing suits. He's like a businessman, politician, consultant, person like that. And then white collar professional, white yeah. collar professional, and that stretches into billions as well. I think yeah. it's something like, with, it, like it, that typecasting continued. Yeah, it continued. It's not just one and done. Yeah, but I think uh, those are the movies that Paul wants to be a part of. They're often like political movies. They're thrillers. They're dramas. intrigue over action. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And I think those are just the characters that exist in those types of movies. Fair. Yeah. So maybe it's just a leaning in like, oh, I don't really want to be in, I don't want to be like in Ironclad again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause I think maybe like, that's what it is. Cause like, maybe it's like, oh, if it's in an office setting, it's a little more serious. Maybe I can, you know, delve into that intrigue a little more or whatever I think it is. There, or, I think there's yeah. better rules there. And I also think that around this time there was like, it was kind of a burst of more political movies. Yeah. And then that kind of extends into this like fetish, fetish fetishization of like the rich, which has yeah, continued which to this day, to but like yeah. billions. And um, I mean, he's not a succession, but that type of thing as well, which is all about, you know, people in suits, business type stuff. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it just feels like the trends that Paul fits into, it just kind of aligns. Yeah. But that's my yeah. hot take. Yeah, I guess it was trending and then he sort of was already wanting to do that anyway. So it sort of just worked out. 
Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That makes sense to me. That makes sense. How did this I would movie... just love to oh, yeah. ask Paul. Me too, know? man. Oh, man. Be nice. Man, I would just love to ask How Paul. is this movie received? Is that what you're about to say? Yeah, I was going to say, how did this movie do? I don't know. You did the notes. Uh, it was received. It was received pretty well. Eighty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Seven point one okay. on IMDb. You know that sort of vibe. Um, it was nominated for best adapted screenplay at the Oscars, which is pretty cool. Um, pretty cool. Not too bad. Three out of three out of four stars. It was reviewed by Rod Raji Eves. Okay. What did What did Raji Eves have to say? Yeah. He said, "This is okay. His hold on. Line. Not to be Not to be harsh, but what is this man gonna die?" Was this written by Roger Ebert or was this? This one actually was written by Roger Ebert. Okay, so he's still kicking. I forget when he dies. I think it was like 2014 or. or, Oh, okay. So we got. Hang on, let's let's look because this movie was was made in 2011. 2013 is when he died. So we got a couple more years left of Roger Ebert. Um, I don't think so. I think we're moving on to. Are are we in 2012 right now? John died. Our next, our next year would be 2012. Okay, so we got, we got our a next couple movie. More. Our next movie is 2012. We got a couple more reviews in us from Raji. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. That's good. So this is opening line for his review I'm for glad. Ides of March. Okay, says, yeah. Tells me something. T- uh, Ides of March tells me something I already knew that the experience of running an American political campaign is crushing for body and soul. And that's it's pretty true. much the the gist of his whole thing. He's like it. It, it the gist of his review is that like, um. It didn't, it was an interesting movie, but it didn't show me some stuff that I didn't already know. Okay. That was a sort of hot take on it. I love that. That was interesting. I I think that's interesting. I love that you said that Paul kind of comments on it in this clip. And then I have some stuff I want to say about that too. So let's, let's hear Paul talk about the movie and its realism. And I think he'll talk a little bit about the critical reception. I think it's worse than it is. I think the one thing I when I saw the movie um, that I said to George was, I said, this isn't bad enough. These people are, these people are worse. And I think that they are, actually. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a very realistic portrait. And, and for Americans, you know, in America, um, a lot of the reviews sort of said, well, this is boring. Why are we watching these assholes be assholes like this? We all know that they're like this, you know? So in some ways, it's so realistic that people were a little bit like, you know, why? Why show this? And that's kind of where I was left as well. It's like, uh, and I actually think, so that would have been back in like 2011 or whatever, 2012, when he said yeah. that. But as I was watching it, I, I felt like it definitely wasn't bad enough. Cause I'm like, I'm like sitting here. So the crux of the movie is around that um, George Clooney's uh, presidential <laughs> candidate character um, has sex with an intern um, yeah. and gets her pregnant or whatever. And she, anyway, drama incurs, she freaks out. Um, she gets an abortion, but then because Ryan Gosling character leaves or whatever. Ryan Gosling's character is the only one that knows about this pregnant, this illegitimate pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she ends up killing herself. And that's kind of the second, the back half of the movie is the fallout from that because uh, Ryan Gosling was fired off the campaign. And so she feels like it's going to get exposed. She kills herself, et cetera. Um, and then he uses that as fire to go against George Clooney. And then he yeah. ends up being hired. He ends up blackmailing George Clooney and bluffing that he has more information than he actually has. And he exactly, him. he fucks him over. He fucks him over. He fucks him over. Um, at the end Which of the is ultimately pretty bad, but the whole movie, it's like, it's just the end. That's that bad. Really? 
And like, okay, here's the thing. Like that is really bad. And the end of the movie, um, the end of the movie, there's this girl getting coffee and then she like goes up and like, whatever, we're, we're, we, the audience is expected to think it's going to happen again. Ryan Gosling and Morris, the George Clooney's character are succeeding in the race, whatever he's the, he's the democratic nominee. He's going to win the presidency, but he's going to keep uh, hurting young girls or having sex with young girls or assaulting young girls, whatever it is. Yeah. Now, technically in the movie, it's not, it is assault, but it's not. It's not played as it's assault. It's not a, it was, played as assault. If it was a made today, it would definitely would have been played as assault. Exactly. Though. It was played as consensual here, but there's a power dynamic. It's sexual assault. Yeah. So, with that said, this movie posits this world where this presidential nominee has one sexual assault that we know of. I guess in the movie, it posits a, a consensual sexual re- relationship with a younger lady who's not his wife. But even if it was made today, uh, a sexual assault, I was like, uh, George Clooney, like this movie doesn't play as well. If only he knew that in 2016, a a presidential nominee with countless sexual assault claims, like legit sexual assault claims running through the courts would be elected and win the presidency and have a very decent shot at a second term as well. Like this movie is this whole thing about like, oh my goodness, this is so bad. Like he like, the movie look how look how awful our leaders are look yeah. how cynical and disgusting they are yeah and then uh i'm like if the only president george, of the united states makes it 10 times worse if yeah. only george clooney knew that like four years later it wouldn't even be a thing like like it, the whole yeah. crux of his movie was a non-point in an election like that's horrible yeah, yeah. and the yeah, other so thing true. that kind of makes me laugh too is that this movie talks a lot about how paul actually has a scene i actually I wonder if i have it here um about the difference between Democratic uh, Democrats and Republicans. I, I might have it here. Let's play this clip, and then I think we should talk about this next. You motherfucker. Excuse me? You leaked it. Leaked what? Sorry, that's not the clip. This is the clip. I'm thinking down the road here, man. That is why I want you. I can't do it. at the top. I can't do it. All right. I don't need an answer right this moment. I've got to play dirty, all right? <laughs> I'm sorry to hear But that. I don't have to play dirty anymore. You know why? I got Morris. No, 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 this is about the democratic process, Steve. It's about getting your guy This is the kind of shit the Republicans pull. Yeah, you know what? This is the kind of shit that the Republicans pull. And it's about time we learn from them. They're meaner, they're tougher, they're more disciplined than we are. I've been in this business 25 years, and I've seen way too many Democrats bite the dust because they wouldn't get down the mud with the fucking elephants. First of all, love that phrase. Wouldn't get down the mud with the fucking elephants. Well, it's like the crux of the whole movie really is what they're talking about is like, should you like, is it fine for our leaders to supersede their own like virtue and values? Like, can you, can you, can you get victory without getting in the mud? You totally. Know? And I think yeah. that's, I mean, that point is as relevant as ever. And the whole idea of like yeah. Ryan Gosling being a, a, an idealistic character and having to fall to succeed or whatever from his idealism is a tale as old as time. Yeah. Um, I still liked it though. I thought it was well done. But yeah. my, my point here is that, so the movie makes a big point about Democrats uh, playing nice and Republicans playing dirty, which is yeah. true. You can see that right now, only from a couple of days ago with the death of uh, RBG and passing through a new uh, uh, um, nominee for the Supreme Court. Yeah. Um, but it, it almost feels a little naive from George Clooney, who's like talking about how like Democrats are nice when they need to play dirty. And so you see this, dirty playing democratic 
nominee candidate played by mm-hmm. George Clooney, who yeah. has this uh, relationship with this younger girl. And it feels like he's still so naive because he can't imagine something even worse. You know, like this is this, uh, is, the worst. this is the this, pinnacle of worse, like, like the pinnacle of evil that he can that has been like bestowed upon but he's not even trying to say do you really think ryan gosling's trying to say that this is the most evil thing or that like you can't win by being this person that's what he's trying to say which obviously like it doesn't play well yeah it still doesn't play well i guess but like like in a meta sense i'm like i find it kind of amusing that like this movie is i mean george clooney is a democrat like is is liberal like his entire life yeah it's something where it's like oh man like let's do something about like political cynicism this is coming out of like I mean, obviously, a lot of the imagery is based on Obama stuff, right? Like the change posters with George Clooney and stuff. It's yeah. very much like um, it's Obama's hope. It's 2011. It's before yeah. the second term of Obama, so it's like a lot. I mean, it's a little bit of a let's see. There is a, it's not privilege, but it, it feels like you know, with with Obama having his success as president, you you can make something a little bit more political politically cynical like this like it's a pushback to that oh but it makes me it makes me laugh though that like i don't know it's like oh yeah like this guy you know he's gonna be doing what bill clinton did he's gonna he's gonna have sex with an intern like oh yeah. this is crazy it's yeah. like actually like i don't know the reality it is gets worse. worse yeah guys it gets worse yeah i don't know i'm I don't rambling know, but, but like to be fair, it just didn't age it just didn't age well but like back then that looked insane for a president to do you know, I guess president could also, start it just doesn't age. Well, no, I don't know, but don't like know. even, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was, a, that was a strange line in the movie. Ryan Gosling, when he's confronting George Clooney, he's like, um, you know, you can start wars, you can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. But if you fucking intern, you're fucked, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, Which, like, I just I, think I, it just doesn't age well. That's all. I don't know. I don't know if it doesn't age because that would have been that would have been fine. I don't know, but to me, it showcases criti- a, a a naivete. I guess it's like a time capsule of 2011, where it is like yeah. yeah, it's like very referential of Obama and the Bill Clinton era. Obviously, it's referencing, um, and it's like yeah, you can start wars, George Bush. Uh, you could get away with all this stuff, but you can't. You can't fucking intern. It's a good line, um, and it's a good it has, line, but it doesn't age well it. these days. But it is yeah. like. It is like now it's like man that's like the least of our issues like that's <laughs> yeah truly <laughs> so basic yeah don't yeah. do any of that please yeah no for sure and like in a movie the thing is i i agree with paul and i agree with raji ebes with like if you're gonna have a movie about political cynicism or like trying to comment on political cynicism yeah you should show the divisiveness in american politics like that is like quintessential cynicism for why people hate that system you know like why people dislike the two-party system so much and like why they're like so at each other's necks like you should have also shown the republican side rather than just like this insular fight in the democrat the dnc you know mm. i don't know i i agree with that i agree with that criticism because that's like, what roger I feel ebert like it, said roger there was a point it was one point that roger ebert made yeah hmm. uh, yeah I I I do agree with it. I do I do agree with it to a certain degree. Like it's like I think that it would it could have made the point stronger, you know. If it was more like if they were just meaner, if they were just actually bigger pieces of shit, you know. Yeah, I mean, this is no House of Cards 
which itself no. is like so over the top. I, I like, I guess what I'm, All I'm saying is it would have that... been better to see like the, the direct dev- divisiveness of, of the country, you know, because even then it's not like that, that was still in the political landscape back then. Like, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't think this movie is as much about how people like this movie really has, it has no interest in the people that a politician represents. It's, it's totally cut out of like, not cut out of the movie. It's totally left out of the movie. This movie is very no, interested not. in. How yeah, is it left right? out? Like, how's it left out? We spend no time on the campaign trail, really. Like, we have these debates, but we don't really see these debates. We see a couple things of, uh, we see a couple scenes of uh, George Clooney interacting with like media people, but we don't see him. Like, we never see him like talking. I guess there's a town hall later on. There's one know. town hall. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. This movie feels very uninterested with like how do regular people feel about the scumminess of politics, rather kind of an exploration that is like even the best people in politics have baggage like even the best people are scummy and you have to be scummy to to work with them did you clip that thing that i asked you to clip from that marissa tomei said i did i did you want to listen to it yeah can you play it the truth is he's the only one that's going to actually make a difference in people's lives even the people that hate him if mike morris is president it says more about us than it does about him i don't give a fuck if he can win, he has to win. Or what? What? The world's going to fall apart? It won't matter. Not one bit to the everyday lives of the everyday fuckers who get up and work and eat and sleep, go back to work again. You know, if your boy wins, you get a job in the White House. He loses, you're back at a consulting firm on K Street. That's it. You used to know that before you got all goosebumpy about this guy. I just thought it was interesting talking about how, um, like how politics doesn't affect the everyday person most of the time. I just thought that one moment was was interesting. That idea of like how we all give so much of a shit, or like, or some people pretend to give a shit about the political landscape, and really, rarely actually directly affects you. I thought it was interesting, that one little moment. But anyways. I don't know. Okay, so this scene, actually, I'm glad you clipped this, because this scene, I think, demonstrates my real problem with this movie, I think, viewed through a lens of the current day. Okay. I think there is no real place. I I think, these are my hot takes. I think with the election of Obama and the second term of Obama, Mm -hmm. there was... um, a rise in not political cynicism, but political cynicism in media, because I mean, obviously Obama isn't all of what everybody hoped he would be. But I think with that said, the idea of like this progressivism, this liberal uh, black president, um, let us like, I think what our appetite for stuff like this, uh, stuff like House of Cards, stuff where it's like, oh yeah, but like politicians are dirty and scummy and and nothing really matters for the everyday people. They don't care about us. Mm. And I think that's toxic. I I don't think, especially right now, like I have no place for political cynicism or political like apathy in that way in my media. I feel like it actually does a great disservice because I also don't really believe what she's saying is true. Like, I mean, she's saying this as this hoity like this upper class journalist to uh to an upper class rich consultant like i think in the movie 
that makes a lot of sense. But I think this movie did have this underlying kind of thesis where it was like, you know, like we should be, and, and there is a healthy cynicism for everything that we should have in life. But yeah, I think this movie kind of fell into this uh, line of thinking where it's like, let's be cynical. Like our politicians aren't here for us, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's not a great line of thinking. Politics affects everything. And it like, I don't know, it defines, I find politics doesn't affect me because I'm in the majority and I am a white man. But mm-hmm. by me not respecting my vote and I don't know, my power in the political process as a white man, like it has serious effects on how a lot of other people live their lives every day um, around the world and in Canada. And then I guess for this context in the United States. Um, yeah. So I don't believe in that because I think we've seen in 2016, like what political cynicism and political apathy leads to and how it can have incredibly detrimental effects on hundreds of thousands of lives in a pandemic and just in, you know, I don't know, in, yeah. just in all aspects of life. So that yeah. was kind of my problem with this movie and just the, it just being like, I don't like, I found this movie engaging. I really enjoyed watching this movie. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the ideology, the line of thinking that this movie is based on, I think played really well and played well to the moment in 2011. But I think it's mm. kind of pretty tone deaf right now. Yeah, I disagree. But that's my own feelings about mean? things. I think I, I consider myself politically. Uh, I engage politically. I vote. I do all that stuff. But I don't feel like listen to. I don't. I I feel very apathetic about politics. I don't. I don't feel. I don't like. Yeah, I feel very apathetic about politics. I don't. I don't give them a lot of weight. To be quite fair. Yeah. Um, well, you're like as long like you don't have to be into politics. You don't also don't have to feel like politics like serves all of us. But like I dislike politicians, I dislike the system of politics, I dislike career politicians, you know, like like, there's so much about politics that I dislike and that I'm uh, cynical about. Yeah. Truthfully, I still engage with politics. I'm still very, you know, well informed, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm not throwing away my vote or anything like that. That's just silly. But at the same time, I'm very conscious of the fact that um I don't think my views are expressed a lot of the time in politics or government. And I think that's sort of a problem a lot of the time because I felt so strongly about Trudeau not to get, I mean, I guess this is a very political. We episode, are getting political and I is strange for us, but that's fine. I'm happy <laughs> no, with it. And I echo everything you said there. I like, I feel like it's tough because I also feel like it's a stupid, it's society, stupid. And society like, is so large that it feels like my views, which are probably, uh, probably similar to your views but are yeah. a little bit more progressive and a little bit more like i don't know we're young we want to see change we want we want to see action we want to see yeah. things happening that can impact us and other people and yeah life better which yeah. is uh which is good i see very I little see of that happening, happening. exactly yeah, exactly yeah. and it's so upsetting like i see all these protests happening which is yep. fantastic yeah i've put i've put money into you know countless whatever organizations donating whatever i'm not trying to pat myself on the back that's just what i've done but like (laughs) you know what i mean but at the same time i haven't seen real change from any of that any of it not to say my whatever x amount of dollars is going to change that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is all of this work 
all of this everything to try and defund police, defund whatever. Yeah. Make change. I've seen so little. I've seen so little. And I believed, I truly believed four years ago or whatever, fuck how many years, six years ago when I voted yep. for Trudeau, that there'd be legitimate change and like change that I'm happy with. And like that hasn't happened. You know, no. I've actually seen the opposite. I've seen him delve back into corporations and being more right leaning than the party was even before he came into office. Like, yeah, it's just upsetting. It's just right. upsetting. I'm constantly upset upset by politics, and I am incredibly cynical about it. It's Truth hard to uh, what I've been struggling with recently is like I've been not excited about politics, but I've been excited by the idea of change. The idea of change, right? Yeah. And right now, I think we're living in a moment where there's a lot of there's a lot of excitement around. There's there's lots of ideas. There's a lot on of potential how to for change. Potential. There's a lot of exactly. potential. Yeah, And I think what I've been struggling with is that I'm like, how do I channel this correctly into actually getting what I want? Like, what, what mm. can I do? Like, I can donate mm. money. I, I think lots of people have donated money over the past couple of months to yeah. a variety of causes. Yeah. But it's like, how can I actually ensure that this change happens? And a part, I think yeah. the key part of that is voting. Um, <laughs> look at us. A key part of that is, is voting. And I think the first time I voted, I remember I voted for the Liberal Party. And then yeah, the, the last yeah. time I voted, I think locally anyway, or maybe it was for the national election, I forget. I voted for the NDP, which is the even more, um, even more, left. Even more yeah. left party. Um, yeah. Because it, it is like, just shoot your shot. Like, I, I think part of what bugs me is we get bogged down in like the, the politics of it which is like yeah. we have to vote this way so we can maintain a majority and i mean i love strategizing yeah. i love political shit like that that's very fun to engage with but oh. it's like we're never gonna get anywhere if we keep doing that like you have to vote for the future you want and i think yeah that's what i want to yeah. end on for, for, from me sorry we can keep talking about this but i want to end this point <laughs> on yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that um is that I, I think just just over the past couple of years, looking at the United States, and I think, like, I think true political cynicism, where it's like I don't care, nothing, nothing is really different. Everybody's corrupt. And apathy. Really That's political apathy. apathy. That's, yeah. Sorry, political apathy. If you don't exercise your power to vote, I mean, things could. If you if you do exercise You're your power to idiot. vote, yes, things could still go bad. But if you don't things get really bad really fast yeah. for a lot yeah. of people. And I think that's the key takeaway is like politics sucks. Politics doesn't feel <laughs> representative because there's so many people and change is slow and it's yeah. hard to feel like we're going in a positive direction, even though there's all this shit weighing on us, whether that's, yeah, the, the, the killing of black lives or climate or the pandemic or whatever your issues are, corporations, yeah. et cetera. Greed. Distribution Please. of wealth, everything. Yeah. All of that. But if you don't exercise your vote uh, at a local level, at a regional level, at a national level, provincial level, whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, things can get a lot worse, a lot fast, a lot faster. Yeah. Um, a lot fast. A lot fast. <laughs> you know, I'm just talking about politics real good on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's just kind of what rubbed me the wrong way about this movie in a mm -hmm. current lens. And it's hard not to watch movies through what you're experiencing all around you. Um, 
Yeah. But, but with I, all that said, I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. I I enjoyed this movie too. I, I and I think it's I found it interesting. Yeah. You know, I found it interesting to hear somebody talk about the cynicism of of today, but it was 10 years ago, you know? Yep. Yep. As well. But, you know, uh the real important question is Dan um, yeah. What would you do if you were as attractive as Ryan Gosling and George Clooney? <laughs> <laughs> oh That's God. the real important question. I probably wouldn't be able to eat as much bread as I'm eating tonight, honestly, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's the, So to fully just end our political discussion, that was yeah. great. Unprecedented on the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, if you were that attractive... <laughs> I think you'd be worrying about how attractive you are all the time. Oh, and you'd be worrying ooh. about when it's going to slip. You'd be worrying about We're how many calories you should eat or not eat or, you know, whatever. You would worry about your physical appearance. And I, more than normal, I yeah. feel like I'm self-conscious, but I don't worry about my appearance uh, dwindling because there's not much to dwindle from. You know what I mean? So I've never been as attractive as Ryan Gosling. I'll throw that a out. Dime. Right I've a, never a perfect been dime. as attractive as Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah. But I, so I don't know exactly what goes through his head. Cause I, we could say he's I perfect, have to assume, right? I don't know a better looking man than Ryan Gosling. I am comfortable saying he's perfect. He is perfect. Yeah. He's a proud Canadian son. <laughs> he's perfect. Oh, yeah. He's Canadian. I always forget that. Um, I, I, as an honest answer here, I feel like he feels like all of us do and feels like he's imperfect and, like a part of himself yeah i feel like right i feel like yasu but but if you're that attractive you you probably have realized you're that attractive that's what i always goes through my head when i when i meet a like tens we've talked about this on the podcast before but it's like it's all i can think about when i see an attractive person in real life or like i'm engaging with them all i want to ask them is like how easy has your life been but they don't know yeah because they've only been living their own life you know but i i i know i 100 agree with that it's like this thing, and I'm sure it applies to attractive guys as well, but it's the same, yeah, exactly, with attractive girls, where it's like, you only, like, I mean, we experience the world through our experience, and yeah. their experience is that they're very attractive, and people act accordingly, and yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, uh, do you know how your world is being shaped by you being attractive, and if you do, and you're being told that you're attractive all the time, I agree. I feel like you're, that you have to be worried. You yeah. have to be worried. You're going to lose it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Here's the thing also, that I I'm sure. Of. I'm sure for women as well, because that is a huge part of the arc of attractiveness for that. Like as a society we have yeah. is like, you're beautiful, you're hot. And now you're getting, you're, you're 30, you're old. We toss you yeah. away. Yeah. I read an article. Sorry. I keep interrupting you about you. That's okay. Law, uh, about this exact same thing. This podcast okay. is going long, but I love it. Um, is that, <laughs> we're having actually very interesting funny conversations yeah is that uh jude law obviously an angelic beautiful man and then he hit this point where people started commenting that like or started thinking that his looks were going to go away and now he's like somehow swung back in never never that he was not attractive but he kind of has swung back into being just like an absolute angel as a middle-aged man and now he is just incredibly attractive still and I have to assume if I was Jude Law, I'd be so scared about that going away. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I feel mean, like I would worry about it all the time. Because, like, I feel like I'm a, 
if you're somewhat self-aware yeah. or like you've done some introspection, you would realize. I feel like you would realize because like I feel like I have a good understanding. Like yeah. I know that I'm a solid, <laughs> very solid six and a half. Okay. And I'm so I've come to that understanding. Sometimes I can really I can push it up to an eight. I really can. You can if I push it up right, to an eight? Dude, I can push it up to an eight. If I if I dress right, if I got the right glasses on, if my hair is if my hair is done right, I'm wearing a nice suit. Okay. I can push it up. I could say okay. all right, let's say seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. We're not all as self aware as we like to as I like to deem, you know? Eight's pretty I can high. push it to a seven and a half. <laughs> Dan, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Are you disagreeing? I'm disagreeing. I think you can push it to a seven and a half. I'm just saying like eight is super high. Like eight feels like eight you is have to high. be like, all right. All right. I was getting to, to whatever, something for my bridge. Don't worry. Anyway. I don't, th- I don't think I'm an eight. I'm just saying like, I, I, no, think I know. That... Oh, you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all I'm saying is I feel like I have an understanding, a loose understanding yeah. of what I look like. Sure. Once I get know? my gym equipment into use, I'm, I'm on my mat. I'm using my kettlebell. <laughs> then, I'm going to bump up to an eight, but right now no. I'm stuck at a seven. Fuck. Oh, whatever. You're stuck. Six and a half, Dan. You think, I'm a, you think I'm a six and a half with you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know what? I would say you're a little more attractive than I am. I would say you're a seven. I'd I, say I'm a six and a half. I'd say you're seven. I think I'd, I'd honestly would say I'm a seven, too. <laughs> no, fuck it. We're eight. I'm just trying to be modest. Oh, fuck it. You know what? I'm actually a nine. <laughs> I've been hiding this whole time. I know this is an audio podcast. You can't see how beautiful I fucking am. <laughs> okay, okay. So let's incorporate a margin of error. So okay. <laughs> we're somewhere in, I'm somewhere in a 6.5 to a 7.5. Yeah. I can push it to a 7.5 to an 8.5, which is way too hot. But anyways, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. What I'm saying is Ryan Gosling probably has a good ballpark of what he looks like, and he's probably saying he's a nine. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If he's, being, yeah, yeah. If he's, not, if he's not putting forward some false modesty, he's going to say he's a nine you know you're so right wow yeah right yeah some false modesty he's like yeah i'm a nine you know because he knows he's a fucking nine and a half yeah he knows he's way he's a 10 <laughs> he knows he's a 10 yeah but nonetheless what i'm saying is if he's really looked at his life i bet he would think that people are very kind and the re- the reason why i say that is because i believe that kind that people are i'm much more kind to people that are super hot like, I'm yeah. very nice. I yeah. try to be funny around them. You know what I mean? Oh, I 100% so, agree. I watched a YouTube yeah. video of, I forget who, it was, a, it was a model, some model, and she was, like, on Fallon or something, or maybe Kimmel, and yeah. she was not funny. Okay? Like, she was not funny. She was obviously very that. attractive, and she made a joke, because that's what you do on those shows. She said, like, whatever. It was set up. She did a punchline, mm-hmm. and I fucking laughed. I laughed and then I caught myself and I was like, I am laughing because this lady's hot and she is on my phone on a YouTube app. She is no, this is not real. I don't have to fake this laugh. Yeah. Dude, I do the same thing. Like I'm way nicer, way nicer. If if somebody's a dime, I'm so nice to them. Yeah. And that's kind of gross. It is. But like, I feel like it's so, it's such a human thing. That's why people are so nice to us though. You know, you know that, right? We're so hot. We're goddamn hot. No, I've cultivated a kind, personable personality. Um, so <laughs> for everyone that I meet, just for them, I cultivate it just for them. Nice. Um, what I'm saying is, it's like people that live in like nice climates uh, tend to say that uh, the people around them are friendly. Okay. 
Wait, and what? I think it's people yeah, who it's live like, in nice climates say that people around them are friendly. Yeah, so the people that are that live closer to the border, they've done studies. It's like to the equator. Live... Yeah, did I say that right? You said what the border. Oh, I meant the equator. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So people that live in more temperate, warmer climates okay. uh, think that the people around them hold are on, friendlier. Hold on, Sam. Is, are, okay. Are we in a? Are we in a, our science segment? Fuck off. No, don't play about that. Ah. I was just guessing. I'm so sad. You're talking about temperate climates? <laughs> I'm talking about temperate climates. Temperate uh-huh. People that live in temperate climates say that people around them are more friendly. Okay. They, yeah. they rate people that are more, they're more friendly. Then people who live in colder climates, they think that people are unfriendly. Most of the time. So okay. I think it's the same for attractive people. Ugly people think that people are rude and don't care about them. And attractive people think that people are kind and that the world is good. I would argue wow. that's my theory. That's my theory. I like that. I, I'll subscribe to that. I like that. Right? I like right? that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that was Science Corner. I was just Okay, Sam, do you have any appetite before we close with the podcast to listen to any clips? Are you good? <laughs> Honestly, I don't. No, that's totally fine. We listened to a couple. Do you want to play one? Maybe do you have a fun one? Are there any fun ones in this political drama? <laughs> do I have how about, any? How about the moment when she dies and overdoses on pills? You got that one? <laughs> I got it right here. Ah! Oh, no, my insides. Um... Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, I have no fun clips. I just have dumb, boring, minute-long clips where he talks about dumb shit. Uh, Ryan Gosling blackmails George Clooney. I have a clip called Ryan Gosling. Do you want to hear Paul talk about Ryan Gosling? Yeah, I would actually would love to. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and speaking of the young... Sorry, here we go. Back to the beginning. Back to the He's beginning. so attractive. It's so nice. I'm so attracted to Paul, uh, to Paul Giamatti. Paul Oops, Giamatti. Now, now that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> and speaking of the young young man who plays it, Ryan yeah. Gosling, our our amazing Canadian actor, what a Canada. what a great guy! I mean, what was really it like for you guy. to to meet him, work with him? What, what's so special about him? I was excited to work with him. You know, I know he's. I think something amazing about him is he was a dancer, and you can tell that the way he uses his whole body and the way he uses stillness and stuff like that. It's amazing. And it's like just to have that quality of groundedness and that kind of calm like that is amazing thing to be around. Is, is it true when you were younger in acting school that you had an acting teacher that told you not to act? <laughs> I had an acting teacher. It wasn't a drama school. It was, it wasn't, no, no, but it was another person told me that maybe I should think about. I hope you're sticking it to him now. <laughs> I've not seen this person. <laughs> again and you know I, who knows maybe maybe he was right maybe i made a mistake oh, maybe please. i, I couldn't imagine my movie li- life or tv life without <laughs> okay. watching you honest to god <laughs> that's Man, great i forgot well he can guy. dance he can dance well ryan gosling is a dancer do you think paul wishes he Fuck. could dance like that that clip made it kind of seem like you know paul has the acting chops he has yeah i think he has the looks at this point, he's like a he's a he's a hot older man now. Um, yeah, he got a beard and Paul turned hot. Yeah, man. Yeah. He's a yeah. he he glowed up finally at age. He truly 50. did. Um, before we end the podcast, though, before we get in like our outro bullshit, um, sure. yeah, we gotta rate we get Paul. Fucking bullshit. Oh yeah, sure. 
uh, I would give, I would rate this movie um, seven out of 10 stars. I think it was solid. And I'd rate mm-hmm. Paul um, seven and a half. Seven and a half Pauls. Seven and a half Pauls. Fair. I'm going to go seven and a half across the board. Mm-hmm. I think the movie was seven and a half, and I think Paul was seven and a half. Just and, like yeah. solidly average, intriguing, enjoyable watch. I would recommend to watch it, honestly. I liked it. Me too. I think if you yeah. have like a weeknight where you're just like, I want to toss something on. I'm tired of watching YouTube videos yeah. for so long. I need like something else, but I still need to watch something because uh, I don't want to do anything else. Put on Ides of March. I think it's actually a pretty, it's a pretty intriguing watch. You get to see Paul. You get to see a lot of, a lot of tens in this movie. Yeah. So you get to see uh, uh, physical tens like George Clooney and Ryan Gosling. You get to see personality tens like Paul Giamatti and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, and Marissa Tomei. Marissa, oh, yeah. Marissa I'm Tomei. a big Marissa Tomei stan, by the way. Me too. Aunt May? Oh, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei and Ryan Gosling were both in my favorite, one of my favorite uh, rom coms, Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Anyways, uh, <laughs> next episode, Paul, Polly Boy, is playing Arnie Blondstone in John Dies at the End. And I read the book. Oh really? For this that this movie was based off of. This Yay. should be a good discussion then. I'm I'm glad you did. I yeah. believe, if I'm not mistaken, somebody told me that this was the movie that Paul says the N-word in. In John Dies at the End? Somebody Some, somebody said that he might have said the N-word. Someone said that to me. And um Okay. We'll, well find we'll out. Put it to the put it to the test. Um yeah, so guys, two weeks time we'll be watching that movie. Also, you can uh if you're curious about our Instagram or Twitter or any of the any of the socials, you can check it out in the description down below or just search up Giamatti Podcast and all the social medias, you'll find us. Click the info thing and all the <laughs> and all the description appears. Um yes. but also if you want to email us, um email Giamatti at gmail.com and let us know should we clip when if and when he says the n-word or should we not clip it because that could be a bad thing to do my vote is uh no we didn't clip it the one time that one chick said the n-word in that in storytelling that movie you're right you're right even though you wanted to really badly because that Uh, yeah that one was weird just just don't Oh, oh yeah, because while he's banging her, he he make, oh, tries he to make her, her say, say the say N-word. It. Oh, yeah. my God. I hated yeah. that so, movie. Don't anyways, recommend. it's in the past. We're going forward. John dies at the end, a TV movie. Let's watch it. Two weeks time. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I guess we're not going to clip the N-word. So if you want to hear no, Paul say it, watch the movie and listen to the episode in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dope uh that's um, it uh, yeah unless of course he doesn't actually say that in this movie and i've been lied to who yeah. knows we'll find out in two weeks come back in two weeks time and this is a cliffhanger huh <laughs> big cliffhanger n-word cliffhanger that's what <laughs> jesus christ all right <laughs> we did our due diligence talking about po- uh podcast talking about politics in this podcast so yeah. we can end on this uh mm, mm, not quite pc <laughs> note <laughs> sounds good Okay, I uh, I love you, Dan. I love you, Sam. Good and, night. Uh, <laughs> and blessed be Jamadi. Praise, Praise be. Be.
Say bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Oh, beautiful, Sammy.